This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yasin, and I am joined by Josh. Hey, everybody. Brody. Hirame King! And for the first time on the podcast, Charlie. Yoshalaki! That's the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's we're we're doing what we can. We're we're here. We're living, right? Living it one day at a time. I am. I'm doing pretty good myself. Just uh, got done dancing, <laughs> specifically to to hear a major music. Had to get in the mood, you know. I got into the mood by finishing the show like half an hour ago. That's like that's a good way to get in the mood. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the show had a pretty strong ending, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't guessed it, or if you haven't read it, uh, we are doing a review of Kira Major, uh, the most recent Super Sentai series to be completed. Uh, as of recording this, it ended a week ago. We'll go through it, uh, talk about what we, our thoughts are throughout the show. Um, I guess initial thoughts. Um, what did you guys think of the show throughout the... I mean, it, it was a very unique show because it, it aired during a global pandemic. Uh, it was the first uh, Tokusatsu show that we know of that was impacted by the global pandemic, uh, considering that uh, Red's actor, Judah's actor, contracted uh, uh, COVID-19. Ryokomia, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm so bad with names. Um, yes, he uh, Ryokomia contracted the, uh, COVID-19, and that forced uh, Toei to shut down production, and then, you know, slowly a bunch of productions, you know, in Japan and all over the world, just, you know, kind of shut down for a while. Um, but yeah, Kira Major was one of the first ones to be affected by it. Uh, it def- it lost a few episodes, which means that it ended on a 45 episode count instead of the normal, I don't know, 48 or so, of 49 episodes. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, general thoughts overall. Uh, what did, Overall, what did you guys think of the show Kira Major? I think in general... Compared to other shows, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the uh, retrospective we did for last uh, year's uh, different Tokusatsu shows, that mm-hmm. Kita Major was very fortunate in that going from doing their episodes as normal to having to shut down production for you know one of their main cast getting sick and then mm-hmm. picking back up again, you can barely tell that there was a difference or really that there was any sort of lapse in scheduling or filming or storytelling as compared to like say Common Rider Zero One, right. where it was very obvious from the storytelling and the way things were shot. Whereas here in Akira Major they relied a lot more on different uh filming styles and tropes to cover for the fact that they were having to do things a little bit different, space people out a little bit more, and really I think as a whole, the production got off really lucky that they were still able to tell a pretty full show because uh, 45 is not that bad, com- yeah. comparatively speaking, to how long a series run should be. But mm-hmm. I think uh, it was to their benefit that they were able to 
uh, find a way to keep telling their story and it still feels like one cohesive story and there wasn't really uh, any lapse in anything aside from them having to reshow those episode zero, what was it, like two episodes at best? Or yeah. four? It was episode one and two, I think director's cut or something. Okay, I got it. It was, so it was episodes one and two uncut, the uh, partner loving machine, the battle yeah, episode, yeah, that, yeah. and then the one with Garza. So they only lost four episodes, but you don't hardly feel it. Yeah, I I feel like, I kind of felt like I felt it towards the end, because things started to feel a bit rushed. I I disagree. Yeah? Yeah, I, I actually thought, uh, comparatively speaking, whereas like Zero One, the ending super felt like, okay, I can tell you guys missed out on a month of storytelling. Mm -hmm. To me, it felt like with Kira Major's ending, it felt like, oh good, this is actually more tight and less drawn out. Um, I have some thoughts. But I mean, that that was probably just me. I've been drawn out more. But I also don't think that was the fault of the pandemic from that early on. Because they had so much time to plan that out. Mm. They made the choice to do it the way they did. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was just... Maybe maybe it was just me wanting to see certain aspects um, fleshed out a bit more. Like, uh, Gar I'm with like, you. like Garza's turnaround. Like, I, I, wished, I wished that was like drawn out a little bit more because i mean the whole you know i mean you get you get a whole bunch of stuff happening towards the end where he get he he finds out that you know his memories were wiped and he was forced to hate his brother and stuff like, that. like all of that happened in one episode I'm like i kind of wish those reveals were kind of brought out a little bit more and then you know see him confront his brother like because they don't really talk after that <laughs> Like they don't, they don't like, get to. That he gets revealed that, and then he dies. Well, so I mean, like, like, are are we gonna jump straight to that right uh, now? Sorry, yeah, yeah sorry, I, I I got carried away. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I I know I've got a couple of uh, thoughts on Garza too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got some thoughts on Yodona. So overall, uh, we're still, I guess we're still trying to do overall thoughts. Uh, Charlie, what are, what are your overall thoughts on Kira Major? I really enjoyed the growth of each character. Because mm -hmm. absolutely, it was so refreshing to see kind of Drew go from this very timid, shy, awkward, like weak, um, like child to this more sort of like I mean, he's still childish, but like in a way that he can use it to their advantage to mm -hmm. help them defeat Jodenheim. Yeah. And the whole, I think each character, especially with a lot of the ones that like, kind of got brushed over before in right. like the first half, like Tatetomo, uh, Shiguru, Sena, Sayo, kind of like all grew in their own ways. Right. And I felt that was definitely a lot better than what we've gotten in recent like Sentai seasons. I can definitely say they very quickly became one of my favorite altogether teams. Like the way they all played off each other, I loved watching it every For week. sure, yeah. And how they all kind of like had their own special skills that they like brought to the team. Right. And how they all come from like different worlds. Cause Tatatoma was like an esports 
like player. Mm-hmm. Um, Senna was a track runner. Shiguru is an actor, and Saya was like a medic. So like all of their different skills and different like real world experiences brought together, plus Jiru's imagination and I guess artistic skills kind of became what made them so strong as like an invisible team right i think what's great about them especially because like we've already had a series where the red is like new to everything like say time ranger or geki ranger where the red is being introduced to this world and everybody else has already had the chance to kind of get accustomed to things but i think cure Uger. cure Uger, yeah even tokyo jar i think Oh, yeah. But I think what stands out about this one is that as people, as, like, fleshed-out characters, all four of the other team members were accomplished in what they do. Like, Shigeru's not just an actor, he's an accomplished actor. Like, people know who he is. Yeah. Sayo is a surgeon. Sena has won awards. Tometomo has gotten accolades in esports. Like, they are accomplished. And you compare that to Judo, who is still a high schooler and is still coming to terms with, well, what is my creative capability? Right. And I think... Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but I think as a whole, what the show has to say about creativity and action definitely makes it stand out compared to other more recent Super Sentai. No, for sure. That's exactly why I, like, love all five of them, especially not only as a team, but as, like, individual characters. And that's what Toei did really well with this season. True. Uh, Brody, what are your, like, Overall general thoughts of the show. Overall thoughts. Um, From the beginning, this show really captured my attention. They, you know, Toei said that they were, that they set out to make the shiniest Sentai ever. And it wasn't super clear what they meant by that. It seemed kind of literal at the time. When they do, when they do those kind of descriptions in the beginning of their shows, man, a lot of times it's just like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Well, sure. But hear me out here i feel like they accomplished it in a more uh, uh what's the literary way mm-hmm. <laughs> like as, as as a literary term a compa- like just a the shine like they they everyone shines that's what i mean they they really do and it's hard to understand what i mean by that until you see them in action but they all just have such strong characterization from the very beginning and they and this this sentai has energy that was not felt in Ryu Soldier or uh, uh, Lupin Ranger versus Pato Ranger, um, and I think that it really stands out in in that you know it's it's very typical sentai fare. At the same time, it's the kind of sentai that I feel like we haven't seen. Like, I, I feel like we haven't seen something that feels so true to what Sentai has been in the past in a very long time. And that, like, I appreciate the, the experimental stuff that they do, don't get me wrong. But this feels like it nailed what makes Sentai so enjoyable on, like, a base level and then cranked that flavor up to 11. It's, I, I, that is the overall impression that I was left with. And I've got, I've definitely got thoughts on like specific characters and what they did with specific things in the show, but we'll, we'll get to that. Right. Um, my thoughts on the show are that I don't 
remember the last time, if ever, that I've flipped on a show so drastically. Because I did not like Kira Major at the beginning. Like, I I thought it was boring. Uh, I didn't connect with any of the characters. Even Juru. Like, Juru was someone I was like, oh, he's an aspiring artist. That'll be something that I can relate to. For some reason, it didn't click. I was like, this show's not bad. I just... It's not a bad show. I just wasn't connecting with it. And it took maybe... I want to say like maybe four or five episodes after um, Takamichi joined. Because Takamichi is also someone I didn't like at the beginning. Um, but yeah, the more I watch the show, the more I end up loving it. Um, the characters are great. I like all the characters. Um, the story grew on me after a while. Um, I don't... It's not my favorite story in Sentai, but it services the show really well. And I think it, uh, like Josh was saying, I believe, it definitely has like something to say in this show. Um, towards the end, I really just was like, rooting for the team. I didn't, I, I, even though they weren't going to lose or anything like that, I, just, I was just rooting for the team. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up really, really enjoying Kira Major, uh, which is, I didn't think I was going to say that a year ago. <laughs> I knew that I had a, a more of an affinity towards what I saw the show was going to be from those early uh, trailers that we got uh, when I saw that for the first time. And I don't know how long. And I, again, I've said this before, but the fact that each of the five main mecha for the team all combined into one mech instead of just three. And then you've got two other people sitting in there that don't have their stuff combining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. We haven't had that since... Q-Ranger? Not even really well with Q-Ranger, because it was still... Oh, right. It was still... Yeah, it wasn't all five. Wait. Or all nine. It was all five, but there was nine yeah, there was of nine. them. nine. There was nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, where where do we fall on that with... Uh, with uh... Lupin, Lupin well, Kaiser. I think it, it's a real difference between when the series was designed as a base three team versus a base five team. Because right. with the base three team seasons, like, you know, Q-Ranger, uh, Lupin Path Ranger, that's where the design went in terms of how the mech is designed. Right. And even if you get additional rangers later, they weren't really trying to implement them into the mech design very well. Versus here, you can tell, oh, everything was supposed to fit together from the jump. Right. And it just aesthetically feels better. It looks better seeing it in in action. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about designs, I I'm not that hot on the mech designs, at least with the main mech. I like uh, uh, Takamichi's mech. I don't remember what it's called, but I I like that design. Giganto Driller. <laughs> Giganto Driller. <laughs> yeah, but the the Kira amazing. Uh, Mac, I I don't know. It's it's too much. Like it's too. I know it's supposed to be a lot of shininess and it's supposed to be a lot of like you know, clear plastic and you know a lot of colors and stuff like that. But I, it it still feels too much for me, and it's very bulky. Which I don't know. I, I not that into bulky Max. I guess I don't know. <laughs> what At it least is about it me. wasn't nearly as to me design offensive as with Go Busters, where I felt like that needed work. 
because that again that was another base three team. Yeah, but the yeah. suit just didn't look right. Yeah, um, it, like it was bulky in all the wrong ways. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I I heard you say, Kita. You you called Kita Majin, Kita Mazin, and I just, I'm just saying that's an adjective I have to use now. Oh right, it's, I, it's Kita yeah, Mazin. Well, it's kind of the same thing as as I was watching through here. <laughs> You get that, and then there was one episode where Takamichi's leaving everybody, and he actually says, Bayonara. Oh, <laughs> like, that wasn't a translation. Thing. Like, no, that's the word that's the he actor said. said as he was leaving. That's, that's absolutely great. I love it. Oh, Takamichi. Oh, God. It hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> oh, man. Um... So yeah, do you, do you guys want to go through the basic plot of the show? Do you want to just kind of go over favorite moments of the show so far? I think because we kind of covered the base of it in the other podcast. I think what would we did would be yeah cool is some of these surprisingly cool moments that the show had. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I. I. We could go through some moments. Uh. I. I want to have a chance to talk about like each character. Oh yeah, we oh, will. for sure, for sure, we will, we will. Excellent. Where are we going to start? I think the first uh, the first time that I saw the like fandom kind of pop when something happened was when Yodana debuted. Yeah. Yodana. I was way behind because I had given up on the show by then. And then everybody started talking about Yodana. I was like, okay, I guess they're excited because she's like a human villain that we haven't had in a long time. God, that was so refreshing. You know, you know the the way you, the way you say her name, it reminds me of the character from Mystic Force. I haven't seen uh, Mystic Udana. Force. Yeah. Well, oh, well, the, the Kira Major character is Yodona. Yodana. Yodona. Yeah. Uh. Yodona. Yeah. Udana. Madonna. It doesn't matter. Madoka Magica. What? <laughs> Maji Maji Majido. Anyway, point being, <laughs> um, I think kind of similarly to what we had been talking about when we were doing the gokaiju retrospective is that mm-hmm. at a certain point when you know when to inject a face villain it can reinvigorate the show and just like bosco was for gokaiju kind of yeah. that insurance to make sure people kept watching that definitely what it was was what it was for me when yodona showed up i just right. kind of wish they'd introduced her like two episodes earlier yeah um yeah i mean i guess because i watched it later than everybody else, I wasn't as super like hyped about her. I don't know. Like I, I thought it was cool how she was introduced and her like I like the fact that she like kind of took one phrase that uh Tamitomo said about smiling and carried that throughout the whole show. It's like Oh yeah, that is was this so when cool. I'm supposed to smile. And great. it was like and it was interesting because it kinda I don't know the way he said it, it kind of felt like, you know, the I don't know if it's like the toxic masculinity kind of thing where like, you know, oh, girls should smile more. You'd be liked more. So then the fact that she took that and flipped it. And she flipped it on him, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, when I'm beating the crap out of you, should this be when I smile? Because I'm really happy right now. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was genius. Yeah, I I dug that. That was a a pretty cool, like, character moment for her. It's, It's cool in the sense that you described it. It's also cool just because, like, like that's that's legitimately her thing. Like she legitimately is not a person who expresses emotion. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. I, I I like that. For me, 
not knowing where the character was going when the episode started, I, I kept thinking to myself, what's with the screwed up haircut? Like that weird slant? What's going on? And then she reveals, oh, you're one of the bad guys. It's supposed to be cut like that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Bad right. guys have screwed up haircuts. I get it. Hmm. I mean, my whole thing with like Yodana or Yodona's um, introduction was that they kind of introduced her as this random girl that kind of where like Juru and Takamichi find out that the reason why Tatetomo likes her is because that's just his fetish. And uh. I'm, that kind of just run me the wrong way. Wait, which thing was? Like, when Juru and Takamichi were, like, with Tatetomo trying to find, like, the next stone, and then they encounter Yodona's, like, human, I guess, form, or I guess yeah. disguise the for, like, maiden the first outfit. time. Right, yeah, in right, the Shrine right. Maiden outfit. Like, Tatetomo reveals, like, the reason, partly the reason why he's going after her like romantic wise is because that's just his like fetish well i mean like it's entirely possible that if if tometomo is is an esports gamer it's entirely possible that he's into anime just like judo is he probably grew up on sailor moon and really liked sailor mars (laughs) man that connection (laughs) you know i like that logic it's not hard logic to follow yeah also wasn't she doing like archery at the time and tometomo's thing is shooting yeah that's true yeah so he decided to shoot a shot and he missed (laughs) (laughs) for the first time ever tomitomo misses his shot i think they bring it up too like shiguru brings it up later it's like hey tatatomo remember when you tried to shoot your shot with um (laughs) (laughs) see how that worked out for you even as far as like three four episodes from the ending they're still ragging him on like dude you're still hung up on her she's the bad guy I love that. I like that even his um, his partner, uh, the I forget what. Shabado. Yeah, even at the end, he's like, "Hey, did you get a girlfriend yet?" It's like, why is that the first thing he asked me? <laughs> they see that Juru's on like a date, and is like, yeah. "What? Even 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 Juru got a girlfriend?" <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. I I I I mean, I guess to segue a bit, like. Tommy Tomo is a character that surprised the crap out of me. I didn't think I would like him as much as I do. Yeah, same. So I had to do some research on him because when they started doing the uh, the character insert songs at the endings, like everybody sounds about on par, and then you get to Tommy Tomo's, and it's this like super K-pop dance track that sounds way yeah. better than everybody else's. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, this is a certified bop right here where do i get this i'm actually gonna go after the album and then i come to find out he's actually part of a vocal group like that's he can sing oh yeah that's why they appointed him to be the singer of their band their kirame band that's why he's like their lead singer because no one else is like yeah we can sing he's just like give me the mic right okay I mean, how he put it, he was like, I can sing a little, and then he, like, <laughs> sings the heck out of it, and I'm just it's like, It's like, whatever, Damn man, boy. you're actually trained. You do this on the side. Like, I, I saw some videos of the, vo- I forget the name off, off the top of my head, but the vocal group he's with, you can clearly see the videos that were done before he got on the show, and then during <laughs> the show, because he still got Tommy Tomo's haircut. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because he's got, like, a lighter hair, yeah. 
but like not only did he have a great voice i loved his character in that and, and they say as much as like he's totally the tactical genius but he knows well enough to know i know what my role is i can still be the tactical genius but i don't have to lead i want to i want to talk real quick about episode two specifically for that reason because in episode two, you know, you really, like from the first episode, you really get the feel that Juru isn't a typical red. And like we were saying earlier, he is very much not on the same level as most of the other team in that he's still just a high schooler figuring himself out. And Tomitomo questions this like right away. He's just like, what? Why are you the leader? I should be the leader. And Shavalo is like really pushing that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he he figures out, okay, no, Judo has something that makes him special, and I can just do my 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 thing and help the team along in the way that I can. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I like about him is that he he was mature enough to step aside and be like, I'm more useful in this role than I am as a the full on leader. I I think as a whole yeah. that makes the whole show pop more because you know we've had several seasons where there's a difference between the the show is all about me red, the mm-hmm. I lead from the front red, right. and then we've got Judo who doesn't really fit into those. He's kind of like, no, I'm part of the team. It's not about me. I'll yeah. I'll go ahead and lead the roll call sometimes, but it's not about me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really like that um, even as the tactical genius, you see Judo's creativity rubbing off on him because, like, he, he does tactical things. And as the show goes on, you see him do more like he's got he's got to think creatively to get around some of those monsters. Right, of the right, week. right. Like like shooting his gun in such a clever way that it bounces off a bunch of things or whatever. Like you can't do that in a video game. That's not something he trained for. He learned that from Juru. Well, not just that. Like I think he he also learned how to. I mean, he, he used a lot of his gaming sensibilities as far as like improvisation and doing a bunch of things at once like like towards the end he's he's like commanding everybody like you do this thing over here you do this thing over here and then at this point i'm gonna do this and i think he couldn't do that unless he became really in tune with his team and knows everybody's strengths which is what you would need on an esports team it's true yeah because he knows exactly what everybody is capable of and he uses it efficiently which is what I dig about him. Like he's one of the smartest rangers we've had in a very long time. I think. Even though we've even though we've had we've had like uh like book smarts like like Melt or something like that. Like we've had those kind of characters, but I feel like he's his the most useful. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He's just he's one of my favorite all like rangers maybe of all time. Like, I think if we ever get around to doing another one of those rankings of build your own Sentai <laughs> dream team, he will be my go-to pick for a yellow. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's a better yellow, mm-hmm. really. Um, it, it, I mean, depending on if you get your tactical genius from somewhere else, which I don't know. I haven't thought much about that. Um, but what I can say is, like, I, I, I totally see what you're saying in terms of smarts. Like, he, you, you see him go through the thought process and puzzle through the situation and come yeah. up with a solution. And that's the kind of thing that you see other teams do it, but, like, you see him really shine in that area. Yeah. More so than the typical team, more so than his teammates. Like, he clearly knows what everyone's good at and what they should be doing at any given moment. I think this is just really a compliment for the whole team, but, like... In general, 
I appreciate that over the course of the show, even though this is a kid's show, no one person in the team was ever written to be dumb. Like, yeah. everybody was fairly aware of uh, what their role was, what the situations were for a given episode, and nobody was just written dumb to be dumb. And right, I appreciate right. that. Yeah. I, I want to take a moment there, because uh, th- th- to me, that's a good place to bring up uh, Senna. Not because I thought she was an airhead or anything, but she was very headstrong, and I really appreciated the Five Senna's episode, where you see every side of her, and specifically what makes her uh, strong and smart and caring and you know, you know you see all the sides of her in that episode like, you don't think that episode's going to be as good as it is and then you get to realizing well what good is the fifth senna for and you realize no you need that um the part of you that can anticipate what could go wrong in yeah. order to kind of get you ready for okay well then if i'm not thinking if i'm only thinking about plan a then i can't be ready for any situation right yeah yeah. I, I swear, if Inside Out 2 from Pixar, when, when it eventually happens, because you know it will, if they take that approach, I'm going to say Kira Major did it first. And then I oh, just yeah. appreciated the very K-drama uh, scene there on the beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where she's chasing uh, herself. Well, uh... No, no, it was Sayo chase. Sayo was the one that was chasing Oh, Sayo was chasing her, right. Yeah. Also, I just realized literally Inside Out was about that. Never mind. Yeah. I never saw it, so I don't know. It took, it was I good. took a it moment. Was good. Yeah. Anyway. Like, I thought it wasn't going to get any better for her than the Geki Ranger episode, and then that episode came out. And I was like, okay, you're you're really adding some depth to this character. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely appreciate it. Like, this was a good example of how each of the team got their own like not just like episode but like kind of sort of growth arc right i mean i'm i I, uh, okay i'm not going to say bad things about the characters i will say i personally didn't feel as much growth as you're saying like specifically growth as a character you see them grow together as a team I just didn't see, like, each character have a start point and an end point, necessarily. Well, I think there's a difference between growth and depth. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think the the characters didn't so much have growth, because you can't really change too much, because it's Sentai. You kind of go back because everything's the same every week. But as far as depth to the character, like, who they are just at base, I feel like most everybody got that, maybe with the exception of Shigeru, where I, I feel like he could have used a little bit more depth. Oh yeah, I I agree there. I also do think that you can have growth in a Sentai, and we've seen that, and we talked about that a bit in Go in the Gokaiger episode. Uh, but that's true, true, true. But um, I, I think that you basically worded my thoughts perfectly. Thank you for well, thank you for that. Yeah, I think I don't. I think it was less about them growing individually, and, and more about them growing as a team. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. How like each of them kind of like. I mean, they grew, but, like, with the help of, like, everyone else. Right. Because, like, what we're saying about Tametomo, like, being strategic, it wouldn't work if, unless the other team members believed in him and had faith that he knew them as well 
well enough to be able to pull this off. Like, you're not going to listen to somebody's instruction unless you trust that they know what they're doing. Yeah. So I feel like they all grew to be closer together to the point where they could do stuff like that and have full faith that everybody will do their part. And that's yeah, the kind of growth sure. that was in the show. where it, 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 And it was more about them learning about each other and learning who they are now than them growing, I guess you could say. I agree. I will say, though, on, on the whole being, you know, having my background in theater, in acting, and then right. having a blue who's an actor, I was like, when, when the show was first starting, I'm like, oh, well, Shigeru, that's my that's my boy right there. That's my guy. And then yeah. it ended up being Tometomo yeah. with Shigeru on the back burner. Like, the, the team-up episode with the billiards between them, loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like that, and they, they also did a team-up when they were getting the the Embark guy. What's his name? I mean, I don't know what his Japanese name was, because I just read the subtitle as Embark. In general, though, I think as the series went on, it felt like Shigeru went from being the very serious actor to kind of like what you were saying a, a bit ago, Brody. Like, he took some of Judo's creativity, and that's how he was able to get, like, the fishing rod ability. Right. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he had to think outside the box. And then he used it for the rest of the show. You're right. That, that's literally exactly how he explained it in that episode. He was like, you know, Drew gave me some ideas. I remember that. But I think, like, as the as the show went on, it was more of a chance for his actor, Atomisushi, to just be a little more goofy. Yeah. Then you see him doing all this little business in the background with all the other characters who don't immediately have lines or when they were doing the Manzai comedy episode between him and Judo. Right, right. Like some sometimes you take you take a role just so you can cut up a bit and have have fun. Yeah, I definitely felt like he was loosening up. I just it didn't work for me. Like he he it felt a bit forced whenever he tried to be do the comedic stuff. I think I feel like that was kind of the point though cuz like He's very an actor, actor is just dramatic. That's just what actors yeah. are. That's what makes them be like part of drama. <laughs> just, right. like, that's yeah, why they yeah. call dramas. So I kind of felt like Shigeru's character did that, like in a way where, because like this show isn't targeted towards like older people. Although older right. people still enjoy it, but it's mainly targeted towards kids. And I feel like this kind of, like, humor is what kids really like. Mm -hmm. And since they made him an actor, using that whole, like, he's super dramatic thing, kind of. Yeah. I, d I did think it was pretty funny how dramatic he was. Also, like, the whole time, he's, like, low-key crushing on Sayo. Oh, oh, for li sure. oh, listen, that was listen, obvious. listen, can we please talk about how the, they were totally pushing a Tometomo Sana ship in the beginning? Were they? Totally. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that at all. Those two ripped off each other like a lot in scenes. And there was the one time where they went to see Tometomo uh, play his esports game and she like comes right up behind him and like, and like bends her legs to, to take his out. <laughs> And, like, I don't know, just there were a lot of little moments that I was just like, oh, my gosh, they're pushing the ship. I thought it was more like just friends or even, like, I don't know. Friendly well, flirting. The things that they were trying to push, if anything, was, like, 
Shigeru Sayo, Yodona uh, Tametomo, and um, Judu and his classmate. And Yodona and the Emperor. What? That one I didn't catch as much. That just felt like more of your typical, you know, general to uh, main villain relationship of, oh, you curse your obvious but inevitable betrayal, or sudden but yeah. inevitable betrayal. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't really take much time to develop that. That's a problem that I had with Yodona that, um, like, I, I love Yodona. The only problem I have with Yodona is that we didn't get enough Yodona development. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, the the shutdown affected that because I feel like her introduction kind of lines up to either before or after the lockdown. It would have been after. After, okay. I think it was after, yeah. But even so, they had, like, a lot of time with her, and they could have mapped that out. I mean, they did start it to... I mean, they started revealing that she was an alternate personality or whatever. I want to say 10 episodes before the end. Yeah. Probably more like eight. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I I would think it was sooner. I didn't think it was like 10 episodes because that would have been way too far. Even so, they they, they gave Crunchla a lot of of focus during that time. Crunchla surprised me. Yeah, same. Oh yeah, no, I totally thought he was just gonna be like the the one note character, and they 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 teased that he died like five times before he actually did. He never did. He never died, did he? he actually, didn't die. No, <laughs> he never died. They they made me think that he did so much that I was like, oh wait, he didn't die. That's right. <laughs> I will say, the thing that kind of bugs me about the show is that so much of the character reveals happen in the last third or quarter of the show. Yeah. Really within those last, like, ten episodes. Yeah, because the whole thing with, you know... Cause I, I never even put together that, you know, Crunchula is a creative person. Like, yeah. I, know that, I know that he was, like, you know, trying to learn the ways of the world. And he would, he would put two elements together so that he could learn more about the culture of Earth. And that's how he created the monsters. But I never really saw him in the light of, like, a creative. Because, I mean, in other shows that we've had, like, you know, Abba Ranger or something like that, like, there are people who, like, you know, create monsters with, like, you know, music or with painting. So it's, like, more literal. But I did like that, you know, yeah, he's being creative in his monster creations. It just doesn't show it. To bring it back to Power Rangers for a second, he's like Finster, but with a personality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just, I just wish that he started interacting with Juru much sooner so then that they could start seeing their similarities earlier. Like, I kind of wish there was a bit of a gradual relationship between those two. I definitely agree with that. See, that's the thing that keeps me from calling this show's story cohesive is just, it's got a good story and the episodic bits are really fun and hold my attention because they are so so full of personality yeah but then like you get all of the story bits in the very last part of the show and they should have been sprinkling that in a bit Mm -hmm. more throughout Mm -hmm. which is what i like really which is what i really like in a show like q ranger um which i thought had a very well paced story well q ranger was like broken up into arcs so there's like it's a very defined 
you know, story structure. Well, at the same time, though, I feel like Q-Ranger was a little bit more of a juggling act where you had like 12 plus characters that you had to juggle between to make sure everybody gets significant or decent enough, I should say, screen time. Whereas here, right. because we're dealing with a much smaller cast, uh, you feel it a little bit more when you get the really good episodes and you feel like, well, you probably could have put those in three, four episodes ago and it would right. have just enhanced the storytelling, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as far as like, if we could break this up into arcs, I guess. I mean, there's the whole, there's, there is the, you know, Crystallia and Earth, like discovering about this Crystallia and, you know, is that, am I saying that right? Crystallia? Crystallia, yeah, right. yeah. 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 Like discovering the relationship between Earth and Crystallia and, you know, Mabushina and um, Murio, like that whole, you know, that whole dynamic of, you know, the two worlds and, you know, the fact that uh, Oradin knows Murio and all that stuff, like all that kind of stuff happened in the first like third of the show where you kind of you're starting to figure out the relationship between the team, the team and Mabushina, like all that is starting to grow. And Garza. Also, Garza, you're, you're starting to you're figuring out stuff about Garza being, you know, um, Mabushina's uncle and Oradin's brother you know there's there's that whole thing and you we're, we're we spend the first like third of the show i guess learning about that and then once takamichi comes in you start learning more about you know takamichi showed up 12 episodes in was it 12 yeah takamichi yeah. kind of showed up early comparatively speaking oh probably because of the episodes they later. lost well i think it feels different because of the fact that that's where you can start factoring in the lockdown because normally mm. the new member shows up around like 17 19 somewhere around there yeah 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 and then so when we're missing four episodes it's like okay it feels like he got there sooner but in when you're factoring in the the lockdown it's like okay he's a little early but not by that much but you still feel it in the narrative because then you get the whole uh the treasure hunting thing because he's trying to cure this curse we were just now made aware of oh wait i guess we dealt with it already <laughs> yeah i i think the uh the earliest uh sixth that i can think of is cure user where you get the flashback in episode nine and then episode 10 gold shows up um but I well i i looked this up recently there's no way i can remember that yeah no no i i I had a very specific conversation on Facebook about it. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, he shows up early, but then you do have, like, that solid episode of, I'm not going to work with the team because I have my own goal. And then they help him accomplish that goal. The new guy shows up, there's an episode where it's like, I don't want to work with you, and then they get over it. Yeah, but his, I feel like his took a long time, because, like, he was kind of just one-track mind about finding the the treasure and he wouldn't say what it was for a long time. What are what are we are, are we gonna what what are we gonna call those? By the way, uh, should we look up the actual Japanese name or? Well, because I feel like okay, once you get Tom and, uh, Takamichi in, the episodes focus on him for a bit, and then him and his backstory with dealing with Garza and his sister and all that, and then somewhere in that you wedge in Yodona's introduction. And then there's kind of a few episodes where nothing really happens, and then there's those last ten episodes. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely a chump <laughs> at some point. By the way, I 
I freaking hated Takamichi when I first saw this, when he first showed up. Say, say. Okay, I, w- I was feeling a little weird about that. Compared to everybody else, he was the least interesting, I think. Even by the time the show ended, he's, like, not the most interesting for me. I've just been very disappointed in the recent Six Rangers, so I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> well, I just, it's, I didn't like, I mean, I mean, yes, he was, he was a, a kid, uh, a teenager who, I forget, he got, like, knocked out or something, and he had to go to Crystallia to heal, and then he It was the, 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 the Monstone. Uh, right, it got the monster into, went yeah, into yeah. him. Right, he got yeah, he got yeah. Okay, so he had to go to Crystallia to be cured or whatever, and he kind of just stayed there. I just, I know this is really stupid, but like, it, I thought hearing it was that dumb. like he was sick on Earth, then had to get taken to another planet to get better, but then he came back as a ranger. The the kid in me that grew up watching Power Rangers was like, oh, it must have been nice that that could happen to a ranger. Why couldn't it have happened to Billy? <laughs> <laughs> my my oh, old man. heads listening right now understand that that pain. That that is that is something that always comes back. You're like just like, well, why couldn't Billy be the ranger? Why why did it, if anybody deserved it, it was him. It but was, anyway, yeah. Um, but I digress. But I digress. Uh, yeah, but but for me, what I didn't like about Takemichi, I just didn't like how he treated people. Like his first episodes with Sayo. Like, oh yeah, bugged the crap out of me. Like I hated it. He came across as a womanizer. Yeah, it's totally. And yeah, yeah, they they try to play it off as like, oh, he's just very single track minded, and he just wants to like the fact that once you find out that he's doing all this for his sister, you're like, okay, I get the passion, but you're still a douchebag to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and this this right after Canelo. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I hated Kanalo so much. I was like, why are you a ranger? You are not qualified. Yeah, I was getting a lot of Kanalo vibes, which bugged me. I dislike both, so I'm like... Mm. Yeah, it, it took a long time for me to, like, sort of warm up to him, but it was more... Uh, it got to the... I think the highest it got was to tolerance. I never warmed up to him. I was like, I don't like you. <laughs> here's here's what I think about. Um, I think about how in like the second to last episode or whatever it was, he they they literally yank him aside in the for the for the story purposes, um, so that the main five Kira majors can go up against uh, the emperor or whoever it was they were fighting. I guess it was Garza as the emperor. Um, yeah, they 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 had the the five Kira majors in Kira Majin fighting against Garza and Takamichi's like, I'm gonna go help too, but then Crunchula's like running around, he's like, Oh, I gotta go get ta- go get this guy. <laughs> um and and the fact that that's what they decided to do with their sixth ranger at like their darkest hour, that um I mean he was he was if anybody was the muscle that was him. Like yeah, he was the, yeah. he was kind of the muscle guy. We, we we need shiny breaker. Come on, let's go. Yeah, it was. It that's the thing. Like, there's things that in the show that they get introduced, and then not too much is done after that, or they get introduced very late. One thing for him is that the fact that he got he got a monster, monstone, monstone in him, and then to heal. I mean, to to be cured, he kind of became a crystal. So yeah. then, when he when he trans when he gets his mech. He's the stone that is used to power the mech. Right. Yeah, I liked that. 
I like that. I just kind of wish it went a bit further, I guess. Well, really, for me, it, my only issue with that was, like, I was cool with him being basically becoming the mech. But, like, right. what annoyed me, and again, this goes back to the same thing I've been saying, uh, was that there was never any combination of mechs between him and the rest of the other five yeah. members. Like, oh, you're especially right. Especially even in the opening, you know, you see the five of them running in the quarry, and then they just superimpose him on uh, <laughs> on his mech. And it's like, I'm totally in the same shot, guys. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, And it's like he never really felt well integrated into the team. They didn't characterize him well enough in the way that they characterized the other five. Like, after he, after they saved um, Mabushina, they just didn't find a way to characterize him beyond that. <laughs> He, he, he shows up, he yells wonder, and that's it. <laughs> he yells wonder, and he still has regret over stuff with his uncle. But you can only milk that so far. And that was also, like, very sudden. Even then, when they did that, it didn't help his character. It just made you realize more about Garza. Yeah. It's true. That was the one good episode that he had, was him versus Garza. And even then, it was just a illusion for most of it. Where he was like... Was it? Wait, is that the same episode where he was like, "Yeah, yeah." He he was he was entranced by the stone, so he thought he was talking to Garza, but he was talking to a statue. Yeah. By the way, those stones are called Kanaima stones. Kanaima stones. Kanaima stones. I didn't care enough about that arc to like memorize the name. I was like, you know what? It's a stone. For for what for the way they ended up using them in the end, they're a good plot device. Like, I don't feel like they were used haphazardly or stupidly. Like, it was very tactical the way they were used throughout throughout those last two episodes once they actually had all of them in their possession. Yeah. I mean, that goes into the whole, like, strategy thing that they were at. Like, the fact that they were going to use three stones in one to deal a final blow to... Tempura Yodon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And the fact that it was done in a clever way where... They used two up front, and then they sneakily brought Judo to use the third one for the illusion. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that that yeah. it was. They had a very good use for them in the end. My problem is that they introduced them so early on, and then you never hear about it again after they save Mabushina. That, that was it. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. and so the pacing again. It's like, well, why not just introduce all four then, and like have the other one get taken away, like. I don't know. There, there were a number of things they could have done to fix that pacing. No, I definitely agree with that. Especially, I personally felt like it would have been better if they, like, introduced the whole, like, concept. But then they, like, throughout the series, they found each one. Rather yeah. than, like, that one arc, they found, like, three out of the four. Which yeah. felt way too convenient. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. like, they got the last one, like, towards the end. And it was kind of just, like... Oh right, these stones were a thing, but like, also you kind of stop caring because you're like, this arc is over. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what they're gonna do with this last stone. They already cured Mabushina. It's just like, and they cured Mabushina without the stones, didn't they? They 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 used the time one or whatever to travel back in time, and that's how they cured Mabushina, wasn't it? Yeah. So like, even then, like, if they had just spread that out further. They didn't have to make it so urgent. They didn't have to make it where, like, Mabushina is sick right now. Yeah. I also thought, like, the whole, um... 
I think her name was Namajo, like the the witch. Oh yeah, the witch. Right. Oh yeah. I felt like she should have been a recurring villain. Oh yeah, than like I agree. One-off thing, because she was so interesting when I like first saw her, and then all of a sudden they kind of just like brushed her to the side and never like spoke of her again. They spent so much time building her up and building what happened with her in that past, and then she was just gone. And it's like I I get it. I get it. I get that you de- dealt with her in the past, and that that was a past event. Bring her back. <laughs> Wait. So that was the episode where we found out what the fate of uh, Mabushina's mother, right? Yeah. 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 With but the curse then and all that. We don't see Mabushina's mother until the last episode, right? Well, no, because she got turned into Scarlet Witch's headpiece, and then <laughs> right. once we were done with yeah. that, yeah, they don't bring her back up again until the very end. Yeah, I feel because like. Or I didn't was there the whole time, basically, like as the the Phoenix or whatever. I feel like she should have been around longer. She should have been a machine. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting. I mean on I mean, let's be real here. Um Takamichi when he transforms should have yelled machine. What? Uh... When he transforms into the mech. Like all the other ones. Make it consistent. Oh, right. But his whole thing is the wonder stuff, right? Yeah. He doesn't yell that when he transforms, though. That was just his thing. So, like, I feel like if he said, like, machine, it would have been... Or maybe, like, wonder machine. Like, that wonder probably would have been better. Yes! There you go. Oh, that would have been like, so much better. machine! <laughs> like, that would have worked. <clears throat> I don't get the wonder stuff. Why is I that don't either. <laughs> it was, I, it I just don't felt a lot like, quit trying to make wonder happen. You're not going to make wonder happen. And then it happened. <laughs> I mean, did it, though? It didn't. Did it, though? Well, it did, whether or not we agreed with it. But yeah, Fair. overall, I, don't, I, I just never connected with uh, Takemichi in general. Like, he's just not a great character. I, I'll I say this, though, like, regarding how things are going towards the build-up to the end, maybe it was just me, but I, I, it's cool how they ended up using uh, the, the small... I forget what uh, Garza's mech, the 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 steamer. Oh, smoke jockey. Yeah, smoke jockey. That was cool that they used that to help save Judo at the end. But what I was kind of hoping for was like a last, like an eleventh hour power up for Judo, where he basically wore Garza's armor into battle. Ooh. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been badass. That would so yeah. cool. Has has there been a thing like that before in Sentai? I'm trying to think. Well, there was like Tokyo with like. Like Dark Tokyo Ichigo. Well, right, Riso, right. Riso, Riso Red Max, right? Well, Riso Red Max uh, as a final power up, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's it was the a little evil earlier. Suit. It is the evil suit being used for good. It is. Yeah, yeah so something a little more like along the lines of Riso Red Max that would have been uh... really pimp. It would have been. It would have been the coolest thing. And then they could like bring it back in a future movie or something. Man. Man. I will say, uh, speaking of power-ups, what did you guys think of the Go Arrow? And the... Oh, I love it. The the, the Go Kira Majors. Oh, I was, it made me so happy. Because we haven't seen like a team power-up since Go yeah. Busters, since their, uh, the Power Custom. And yeah. even then, we haven't seen a five-team, or a, a team of five, use a team power-up since 
Gosager. Yeah, Gosager. It's yeah. been it's been over ten years since we had that last. And so to see the Gokira Majors happen, that was really fun. And the fact that they didn't always use it gave it some weight. That's true, yeah. I I did like that it's activated by one item and they kind of uh pass it along as they fight. It's really cool. Oh yeah, that's very Gokaiger. Also the whole like uh charge up thing, I didn't realize I didn't remember that until like when it happened in the end, I was like, Oh, did it have a charge up thing? Oh, where they only use it for ninety seconds? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a thing in the very beginning where they were like, Oh, we need more power to take care of this. We created a power up for you, but it only you can only use it for so many seconds. It's like, okay, right. we got this. Okay. Well, I think really it's the difference between knowing that you can use it for 100 seconds and charging it for 99 seconds. Right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. something they only started using at the very end. Yeah. I think they only yeah. specifically charged it for 90 seconds at like in that final moment. I think it was the it was the the guards of the thing, right? Yeah, when they were trying to guards save the king or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that that was the only time they did that. Well, no, as far twice. As I can it was remember. when they were trying to save the king, and then when they were trying to hit Emperor Yodon, they told uh, Tamitomon told you to charge this for a hundred seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, so they, they only like did it twice. They, they charged it both times for that. Okay. I don't know if I I like the concept of the Go Kira Major like costumes. I don't like the design of it though. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird and bulky. It's in a way that doesn't match the aesthetic of the rest of the show. I think what would have made it work a little bit better is if there had been more kind of ornamentation. Like if it if it wasn't just like more of a flat chest and had more like dimension to it. Yeah. yeah. And if they had like extra like, I don't know, white on their cuffs or their boots or something like that. Yeah, I was kind of hoping something like Super Gosejas, like what they did where like... Even like each of them was like different, but you could tell like mm-hmm. the whole aesthetic was still the same, and that they were still part of a team, and that it was like they were super powered up, and right. each one of them had like their own like abilities. But this one just felt like I think this one just felt like someone got like like plastic and then made like a very simple like over the head like armor and then it was like here you go here's this like flat piece of like plastic well to be honest the chest armor on the super gosagers i'm looking at it right now very similar like like uh like the the difference it between the that and the gokira majors is that the gokira majors all have the same uh sh- basic shape to the to the chest armor but they have different designs on them the 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 gosagers were made from the very design phase it looks like to be uniquely shaped with different designs to represent each of their headers um mm. but the gosagers even they they have like gold cuffs uh on their boots and their wrists to represent that super form and as far as gokira major goes Rather than having, like, extra cuffs on them or whatever, that, that would have been a nice touch. I think it would have benefited more, excuse me, from uh, from using the, 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 the sort of gem design that they have on their helmets. Like, that, that material. Or not necessarily that material, but that, that look. The look yeah, that there definitely. are gems. I think they should have utilized that better. Like, yeah. the whole, like, helmet, like, gem design. Because each one of them, from, like, all the... Um... 
premium Bandai articles that I write, each one of them is like a specific unique design that's to them and their like machine partners. So I thought that could have been like more utilized with their super like power up armor. I will say this though, like we say all this, but also this points at something that I think we might take for granted or some people might take for granted in the show is that comparatively speaking to other Super Sentai series, you know, uh, last year with Ryu Soldier and now going into Zenkaiger uh, included, the fact that we only got so many like peripheral mechs and the, the power-up was so basic really tells me they weren't trying to focus so much on selling toys after the first quarter. They were just trying to tell a story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with that. It's just like, it's, it would have been nice. That's all. Because really what it is, no matter what uh, Tokusatsu were watching, those first 15 episodes are there to sell you the base toys. Right. So right. story's kind of an afterthought. And then after that, it's, you got your choice. It's either we've designed some really cool power-up items, or we're going to try and tell a story. And here I feel like we got the latter, and especially, you know, in those last 10 episodes, we got a very satisfying ending out of it as opposed to them selling me like i i I think if i had to think about it i would accept the fact that they sold me a a pretty satisfying ending over a bunch of extra robots we didn't need yeah yeah for sure i didn't even notice that that we didn't get too many mechs we didn't get like we got from the beginning we got a changer that didn't have any uh that didn't have a gimmick to it as far as like gimmick items to put into it yeah i guess it's been a while since we had a changer like that huh yeah it was just a base changer when was the last time we had that jewelger i think yeah jewelger with their like cube yeah. right yeah uh... cube. so that was like five years ago just about I should have got this, you know, that cube when I when it was out. <laughs> I really want one now. Is it hard to find now? If you know where you're looking, no. Okay. Okay. I, I just assume anything two years or older, I'm just shit out of luck. <laughs> I still need to get look, I, I still need to get a Tokyo changer to go with my like go buster Rasha that I randomly found at a convention. <laughs> if I did that I'd have way too many stuff. <laughs> I, I have like random like I got like a X eight uh, gas shot. I'm like, I'm not getting that belt. <laughs> oh, see, that, that's a belt you should get. <laughs> I only have it because, like, it was a gift. But, like, otherwise, yeah. I would have bought it on my own, but I also got it as a gift. Anyway. Yes. Back on Going topic. back to uh, Kira Major. Um, I kind of want to shift a little bit. I want to talk about it, some episodes that I didn't like. Go ahead, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. There's two particular ones, and they're back-to-back. Well, yeah, there's two main ones, but there's another one that I didn't like either. The two that are back-to-back are the um, the manga artist one. Yeah. And then after that was the cat one. Okay, I... <laughs> I have some thoughts. I actually really liked the manga. I, I think we're talking about the same one, the shut-in one. Yeah. 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 Okay, that one in particular, I thought, like, I remember, because I I watched it fairly recently, I was watching it, and I was thinking to myself, oh my god, this is really screwed up. 
that you want to assume that it's the hikikomori, the, the shut-in, that's the bad guy. But no, he's actually the one that's being preyed upon by the kid who's really the monster. Like, I thought that was a great way of flipping the script on that because as, you know, an audience who watches a lot of these shows, you've come to expect, oh, the kid can never be – the kid is always the one in trouble. And so preying right. on somebody who very clearly in that society would be a susceptible person or somebody you'd want to stay away from, from the villain standpoint, makes perfect sense. Nobody would ever suspect it. Or if you were trying to look into it, you'd get it wrong. But I thought the ending was kind of weird in that we never see the guy again and then we assume that he's fine because he got his manga published. Like, he's still got the problems he had in the middle of the episode. I feel like I didn't get a lot of that. Like, I, I think I was, talk, I was talking to Brody about this on in the Discord. Oh, yeah. I couldn't... Like, when... Like, halfway through the episode, the way they were shooting it and the way they, they did certain scenes, it made him look like a pedophile. And yeah. then... Cause like there was a, there was a moment where he's like the the manga artist is talking to the kid, and it's like they're like excited about something, and then Jiro walks in, and he kind of like sl- like sneaks into the room through the door, and he kind of just looks for a while, and it kind of has this like serious tone where I was like, wait, is he like realizing something is not right with the manga artist, and it's like something that he needs to call the cops, like it. It for some reason, <clears throat> for me, it went straight to that direction, and I could never get my mind out of that. I can see scenario how that how you got there because it's like it's definitely put there on purpose as a red herring to make you suspect that the manga artist is the monster. But then, once you find out what the reveal is, it just makes him look like like he's preying on the kid. Yeah, that's that's an unfortunate part of that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, cause like, cause I mean, you had the him like wanting to teach. The, the kid had to draw and then they do the whole video game thing where, Oh, you're, you're such an old guy, but you're, you're still into video games. Oh, that's cool. And like, I mean, in today's age, you know, people our age play video games, but the way they presented it, it made it just seem like it was a trap for the kid. So then by the time it was revealed that the kid is the monster, I don't know. It it was, it was definitely a choice. Yeah. Here, here's, I'm gonna, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. It sounds like the way you experienced it was because they made it seem like he was a bad guy. When even when the kid was the monster, you still felt like he was the bad guy. Yeah, I still it still feel like he was creepy. That's understandable. They definitely went too far in that direction uh, to 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 tease that. Or at least they didn't tease it in the correct way. The the it was a direction choice that I I would say I agree with you in that they they teased it too far in one direction, and then the fact that you don't see him again for the rest of the episode, you don't get any any resolve or relief from that. Of oh, I made the wrong assumption. Let me feel better about this. Yeah, right. Like you don't get to breathe from it. You get to breathe from the monster's been defeated. But what about this guy with a questionable taste in who he has in his room? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he leaves like. We need to call like child protection or something. I don't know what what's going on. Like something's going on here that I don't. It. I know what they were trying to do, but the way it was presented just. I get you. I totally get you. So I just I couldn't get past that. Then I watched the next episode and they all turn into cats, and 
<laughs> now, the thing about it is that cat episode is is also the Crunchula episode about him wanting to just create. Well, that's that's what's that's what's conflicting about that episode. Agreed. There's good stuff in it. There's good stuff in it with Crunchula, and because it it also makes it seem like you know, Judah was you know hypnotized for most of the time, so he didn't really remember that he created this art with him, but he gets the feeling that he did. And he's told about it later on. So then he gets that connection that way. I just, again, the cat stuff distracted me to the point where I just, I couldn't get into it. And I think I said it on Twitter. The only thing that I liked about it was the last fight when they were half cat, which I didn't Uh understand why they were half cat. Like, why, why did it go halfway and not full? Well, the explanation there, if I had to be that guy is your typical sort of thing of like, look, we can wake you up out of your trance, but until you defeat the monster, you're still part cat. Exactly. That's so weird. I mean, that's that's it makes that's sense. Part for the course for Super Sentai. Yeah, but so Super Sentai is usually like all in or not. Like you're fully under this control until the monster defeated, and then boom, it's gone. I I will say though that having spent a lot of time with my two cats here, I totally <laughs> applaud their portrayal of cat behavior (laughs) i get it i get it it just it just goes into that weird territory where like i don't know the the way that in like anime or just like japanese media how they portray humans as cats and the whole nya speech and stuff like that like that i don't know it weirds me out a bit i don't know (laughs) i just it, it it it's it's a matter of taste to me it was nyata problem Oh God, <laughs> Josh! You and I—we went to the same place. I will say this though: I did like the little things that they threw in there, like specifically when um, Senna's trying to bat around a little green thing on a stick, and then Sayo is like snuggling next to Shigeru, and Shigeru's like, "You know, this this isn't so bad." You know, <laughs> yeah, I was Maybe gonna make, like I was this. gonna um, bring that up. That that yeah, that was really funny. I did like that Takamichi had the little feather play thing uh-huh. and then he forgot that he still had it so then he went into battle with it and then Senna still and Senna, I think Senna, both Senna and Sayo are just chasing the thing the whole time Yeah, and he doesn't realize they're following him until it's too late see my so I never got confused first of all by the by the, uh, the trance thing I, it made perfect sense to me honestly because um, they, they didn't undo what the monster had done they just sort of clapped in their faces and they woke up well, why did that work? But I don't know why it worked because because <laughs> I know what I'm saying it just felt like a weird way to to bring to put stages of the trance into the show. I I, I guess I I don't know I never really questioned. And it's a it. dumb thing to be hung up on. I understand <laughs> that, but it's just when Sentai usually doesn't do that. When it does it and doesn't have a good reason for it, it's like I don't understand. Okay, as as long as you understand <laughs> that it's a weird thing to get hung up on. I mean. We're looking for good reasons in the show about talking rocks. Uh, yeah. Okay. True, yeah. I'll come. I want to come back to that. By the way, that specific thing that you just said right there, in a second. Um, but first, I want about the cat episode. Uh, the the only part about that episode that actually weirded me out a bit was the fe- the focus on Judo and him him doing the things that you would expect him to do as not a cat like like if crunchula was just hanging around and judo and judo uh came across a thing like like i don't know talking with 
a creative like Crunchla and trying to figure out what's going on, or even just like following him because he's suspicious, and then he sees him do, be, doing artsy things. That that felt like Judo, but seeing him do it as a cat felt oddly unnatural. Mm-hmm. And I understand the, the the framing device of the episode and all. I just feel like they I, I feel like they took it too far. Like they pushed their luck on how that worked. Now for me, it was less these two episodes, but the one that I was like, okay, y'all scale it back here was actually the rap battle episode. I was about to bring what? that up. I was gonna say that's the other one that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, what? that was like that was cringy. That was so cringy. They were really mean to their machine partners. I was like, wow, that's like really low. Even if you're like being controlled, that that listen, that episode was great. They were committed. I hated it. They should have been committed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like, come on, y'all. Get s- like, if you guys actually brought a, a an actual MC on the show, get somebody who knows how to write rhymes better than this. Okay, yeah. that sure, sure, I give you that. At the same time, though, rapping Yodona is probably my favorite thing. R- rapping Yodona is a mood. <sighs> I will give it that. Rapping Yodana won, no matter what anyone says. Like, she was the best one out of everyone. She, <laughs> she was she great. Was, she was. It's a very low bar, though. This is also true. <laughs> but she was still the best, and, like, she, the best is still the best. She was She was the best in that she did not... She, she was the best in that she sucked the least. Pretty much. Okay. I mean, just, you know, props to Nashko Momotsuki for that one. And see, just to stick on that for a second, I thought it was weird because it's like in her introduction episode, you know, uh, Tomatone was there like, oh my god, she's so hot, she's so hot. And I'm like, I don't know, she seems kind of normal to me. And then I look her up at her actress <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm with <laughs> I, you. I, but that's Toku in a nutshell. I think, I think she was overhyped for me as far as... I may be character. wrong, but wasn't she... She and um, like Kamen Rider Sabada's like actress kind of revealed during the same time as going to be like characters in both like series. I believe so. Yes, oh, I didn't and hear about that. And people were like, "Oh my god, these girls are like so hot!" And I'm just here like I can't relate. I'm gay. I can't relate to any <laughs> of this. But they're pretty. I admit that. I mean, I mean, I knew that people were into to. Uh, Sabella, you said she, her name is. I haven't been keeping up with Saber lately. Um, I, I thought it was recent. I, it was recent. Um, I know because I've been seeing in Facebook. Wait, groups. what's her character name? I forgot. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Character name. We, well, we are doing a Kira Major podcast, so I am not required to know that name off the top of my head. Yeah, Reka, no that's her name. What was it? Reka. Reka. Okay, well. I knew that people were freaking out over her. Um, I I don't know. I I was uh, I was pretty hype over Yodona's introduction in Kira Major just because like we haven't seen a character like her done since Escape. Mm, yeah. And even that, and even that Escape was a very different flavor. Yeah. But then, comparatively, still going back to talking about all the Rangers, let us talk about the best female that is Sayo. I was going to question that actually. I think I think comparatively speaking she's incredibly capable uh 
very attractive, but they never make that the centerpiece of what her character is like some other seasons do. Well, I mean, her her stone keeps saying that, though. I think you're thinking of uh, of Senna with, with, with Machine Mach. Senna's the one with the thirsty stone. Right, right. Listen, Mach was very uh, into, into Senna. It, Not too it, much. It, it got a little disturbing at times. It was a little Baja weird. was creepy. There's a, the body, the body so switching creepy. episode. I forgot about the body switching episode, you guys. What? The, the episode where the, episode where the Kirame stones were in the bodies of the Kira majors and Mach was in Santa's body and Santa oh, was like, yeah. stop touching. Oh, I forgot. I love that, that I episode. I, I think I blocked oh my that out. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, I kind it of was, blocked that out. <laughs> it was, I, I forgot about it just because it's been a while, but like, I thought it was a really funny episode. It's just, body swapping episodes are always just weird. No, but like the uh, the two parter where we had Sayo like think, oh, I'm gonna meet up with this old friend and we're gonna get married and I might leave the team, and then it was like, no, he's actually working for the Yodon Empire. Like she went through so many levels in that episode in those two parters. Oh, for sure, like, that was an amazing uh, showcase of that character. I'm with you on that. I think maybe um, her stuff, her like, I guess. Her episodes where she you learn about her maybe happened when I wasn't really into the show because but now when I'm watch now when I'm thinking back at it, I'm like I feel like I don't really know much about her like I know about her the least in the team. I remember two specific character focus episodes for her where you really get to see her depth, mm-hmm. uh, or I, I guess technically three if you count that two parter that you just brought up. Um, but the other one would be that really early episode where she regressed back to childhood um, yeah. as a result of the Monster of the Week. And that was like, I, I mean, that was a good first look, a better first look at her than I thought it was going to be. Really? I don't think it was the Monster of the Week. I think Smog Jokey literally rammed into her and she like got amnesia. Oh, really? Yeah, Smog yeah. Jokey was like, nope. And she like hit her head and like In all fairness, this was like before episode ten. So um but but yeah, it was so that episode that was a really good episode for her because it it establishes um why she is the way she is in certain ways because of her childhood. Um I, I can't remember all the details. I must not yeah. remember because that didn't feel like I mean it's been a while. Like yeah. I rem- I just remember it being a good episode. Um, hmm. the details are a little fuzzy to me, but I yeah. remember, I remember coming out of it thinking, okay, she's a, she's a good pink ranger. And then there's also the moment there where, uh, it, it was a Shigeru focus episode where he had his super fan. Oh, I'm so uh, happy Going after that. him the whole episode, but then at the end she switches up and like focuses on Sayo. And Sayo was like. <laughs> Sayo's like, not yet. I'm later on. Like, but she doesn't shoot her down. Right, right. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. She had some 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 powerful some some dominant energy there, if I do say. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. I mean, it was it was great energy. It was good energy. I just yeah. She's one of those characters I just didn't connect with throughout the show. Like she's not bad. I just I don't know that much about her. I, I guess. feel like it's a it's a case of her focus episodes are really good. But she has trouble standing out without those. Yeah, I don't know if they do for me anyway. Like the the two part of where she's like thinking about marriage and stuff. 
I mean, it just kind of falls back on the trope of like a pink ranger wanting to get married or something like that. Well, sure, but then they take it in a very different direction. Which I appreciate. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like she has some moments, but I didn't. I didn't really connect with her. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I must here's, have missed something. Here's how I remember that episode. It was. It a lot of it was about um, her relationship and her pursuing this like this thing that's really kind of more adult for like a Sentai show. Um, albeit there there are always the the marriage episodes, but it, it's always the same thing usually, where it's like, oh, the monster's kidnapping brides. You got to pretend to be a bride. No, this time she was like legitimately thinking about getting married to some dude. And they really explored their relationship in that episode yeah. and built it up mm-hmm. so that there was tension once you find out that he was helping the bad guy all along. And then you see Sayo, in her desperation, ditching her Kirame changer specifically to help the issue because oh, right. she thinks yeah. she has to do that. And, like, she she got real desperate and fought real hard in that episode, and I thought that was... Well, plus on top of it, it was her active, willing decision to consider marriage versus any other season where it would have been like, oh, we just found out in this one episode it's an arranged marriage. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Where they could have very easily done that, and other shows have, but here she actually had agency in it. To me, it did. it, It came across as a very mature take on the on that trope i i, I, I agree that. i agree okay maybe i have to go back i maybe i have to go back and look at it i just i think it just and didn't plus, stand out in my head those two parters n- not to take away from sayo's part but that's also where we had that action sequence by uh the ultraman z director oh man oh, oh right okay. that amazing Can sequence we talk about with that a bit judo and tometomo coming in and then all the foreground and background stuff interacting with each other yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was his first Sentai episodes. And it was bringing that kind of a that kind of action into this franchise, just like refreshing. I thought that was just an amazing shot, like in general. Like I don't watch Ultraman, but like I thought that shot itself was like chef's kiss. You should you should check out ultraman (laughs) oh yeah i I remember i shared that on twitter just the video of that i think it's only two minutes that whole fight yeah uh that whole section i shared that on twitter and that was enough for people to you know tweet back at me like that makes me want to watch the show what is the show i mean that I, i i i fall back on ultraman z episode 19 as a great example of that kind of action because there's a specific scene that um that uh, one of the others helped me find and it's it's this shot where they're tracking the fight like the giant fight side to side while you're zoomed in pretty closely on on the little tiny uh like shopping area and the buildings and stuff and you're like panning past the buildings and you're following these people who have been um who who have been put, placed into that shot who are who are like they look really tiny and you see the big fight happening in the background and just the way that they are able to illustrate the scale of the battle in that way is really cool that kind of action skill really came through in that episode like that was a director flexing what they're good at you mm-hmm. should watch more ultraman because <laughs> that I happens plan on all it. the time I, I watched Ultraman Z. I watched Ultraman Jeed. I have to watch Ultraman Orb. 
Yeah. That's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I'm, I'm balancing a lot of shows currently, and the new, the, you know, SSSS Dynazenon is coming, so we'll see. All right. I'll get around yeah. to it. Um, how did we get here? Uh, we were talking about that one episode <laughs> of Kira Major where the Ultraman Z director was the right, Sayo right, right. The Sayo episodes, yeah. Oh, was that the Sayo episode? Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, I, I I don't think she's a bad character at all. I just feel like she didn't really stand out for me in a in a in a cast that has like you know Juru and Tame Tomo and all that. Like I don't know, for some reason other people stood out more for her, for me than her. But that doesn't mean she's a bad character at all. Oh yeah. My, I mean, my reaction is I'll always have, like, the, I'll have the order of characters, like, I'll think of them in a certain order, probably, in terms of how much of an impression they made on me, mm-hmm. but ev- but I will always cycle through all of them and think about, like, oh, yeah, I love this person, this one for this reason, this one for this reason. I think out of all of them, the weakest of the main five to me was Shiguru. But even mm. then, back, he back. But also, you're like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Charlie. I'm sorry. No, it's, no, no, no. You're right, though. Like, I wish he had more. Like, I liked him, and he's still my favorite, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But that's also me being just like a stand of his actor in general. So I'm like very mm-hmm. biased to like for I, that. I totally get that. But like, I like, I felt like his character, like this. Like, he kind of had the same situation with Sayo, where, like, he had really good, like, focus episodes, but, like, in general, he was very sidelined and very, like, ignored most of the time, which I I didn't appreciate because I love him. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you prefer out of the main five, at least they're not Takemichi. Takemichi will always be at the bottom of, like, my list. (laughs) I I, re- I hate I'm just so sad because I really wanted to see Takamichi in that outfit from the OP. I mean that 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 sparkly know, silver right? outfit. He never wore it. My friend was like, "Where do I get this?" And I was like, "I don't know." Permanent <laughs> Bandai's not selling well, it's, it. it. It's unfortunate when you have a character like like Takamichi having to play off your younger but looking older brother who happens to be the pen I pen pineapple apple pen guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about the fact that his shtick worked in the Five Senas episode to, to I know, right? To put them together. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. That we was have genius. one Senna. We have two Senas. <laughs> I just I was waiting for them to hit the music in the background with the <laughs> when he did that. I really I'm sure wish they couldn't because of copyright reasons. I really wish they did though. They still got him to that. He did it that twice. Funny, he did it though. once in like those first five episodes, and then there in the five cent episode. I counted three times total. He did it in one of the endings. Like he like did he like in one of like oh, the ending right, right. segments. He like grabs oh. a pen and an apple, and like he's like puts it together. <laughs> of course. Um, speaking of like, if we go back to like you know favorite moments, I think the episode where we see how he met Oradin. And when he's like, I think this is when he, we first get the Go Arrow. Mm-hmm. And seeing as how, you know, I think Takemichi is in the, I'm the impression that he wants to be a ranger. And then yeah. you find out that he doesn't really want to be a ranger. He just 
wants to be the best version of himself that can help the team kind of a thing. Yeah. And then having Oradin say, like, you know, you're a true warrior, just the way you are. I that was a really good episode. I-, I feel like that's, like, the overall message of the show. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I-, I thought that was a great episode, and I agree with you. I also feel a little bit teased that they showed us what Kira May Gold could have looked like. We're waiting for a spinoff. They're, they got to give it to us. It, I mean, it's like in Tokyuja 10 years later or whatever, they, you know, the epilogue movie where they finally had Tokyu Nana go show up. Was that 10 years later? It was the, yeah, it was the last movie. I don't think it was 10 years later. I, it was just like, it was just like a reunion movie. <laughs> it was a V cinema. Okay. It wasn't literally 10 years later, but like it was 10 years later in the show. Oh. Uh. I don't uh-huh. remember. Wait, but they were kids, and then they were, like, adults. And that their kid version, so they, like... they reunited as adults, and then their kid versions show up, or they tell a story with their kid versions, or something like that. It's been a while. Point being, Tokyo Nanako was in it. And we need a moment like that with, uh, with Kirame Gold. Yeah, I can see that. Let's watch him be in the crossover between Kirame and Ryu Soldier. Right. I'll take it. I mean, I'm, per- I'm cool. sure. I'm sure he's not, but like, also he could be in like a surprise. <laughs> um, you know, if we're talking about favorite moments, also, um, the fact that we haven't touched on the Geki Ranger tribute really is probably a crime. I can like feel the spirit of Nicole menacing over us. Oh no, we're here. Oh, I was we're just ready. waiting for someone to bring it up because I was like, we were so busy talking about everything else that like I was gonna wait until somebody actually like wanted to talk about it. Then I was like, okay, I'll join in for that. I think I didn't I didn't bring it up initially because we talked about it in uh, an, uh, an episode last year. But oh. yeah, I do want to talk about it again because. Because the way it worked out was we we had recorded it was yeah Yaz me and Nicole we did the Geki Ranger podcast that like two days later yep. was when the preview went up for the Geki Ranger tribute episode and it was like did we wish really hard <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great and then yeah and I was that was at the time when I didn't like Kira Major. So I skipped oh. ahead just to watch that episode. So oh, I didn't man. know who it, many of the characters were. I didn't know what Go Kira, Ki, the the Go Arrow and Kira, Go Kira majors were. I just was like, I just want to see uh, Miki and her daughter, like in the show again. See, my thing is like, I I eventually got around to watching it because you know I had some catch up to do at that time, and when I did, it was like. It's it's one of those things where I have not yet seen Geki Ranger. I believe Geki Ranger is the next one on my Sentai list to watch. Geki Ranger um, is so good. I I know. I I, you, you guys we don't have to tell me that. I already that. know how you feel about Geki Ranger. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so I, I I'd like to share my experience of that episode with you a bit since I haven't seen Geki Ranger. Because um, ver- I I very much felt the same kind of feeling that I felt throughout my original watch of Gokaiger, where I felt like I was learning more about it. And I already, and I, this was, I think this was my first introduction to John Speak, which is funny because when I rewatched Gokaiger, John Speak popped up during the Geki Ranger tribute episode just a little bit, but they didn't, they didn't really focus on it 
it was a main point of the Kira Major episode, though. And yeah. I thought that the fact that they went all in on that Geki Ranger tribute, they showed a flashback to the show, they showed, they, they put the icon on various things, including the little box that uh, Senna was supposed to be wearing when she was jogging, and the fact that the key to uh, figuring out that she was trapped and she didn't know it was um, to understand John speak. And that's, that's, that's a very loving tribute to Geki Ranger. Like I can just, I can feel it even without having seen Geki Ranger. I don't know about like you guys, uh, Josh and Charlie, but when I watched it, I, I couldn't help but get a bit like, emotional and nostalgic i was i was i was emotionally compromised no for sure me too because as soon as they started showing the footage i'm like okay i just watched this a week ago i just rewatched this whole show yeah i squealed (laughs) i squealed when they showed the footage because i love geki ranger yeah like that was my first super sentai like and then hearing the music and seeing them all like like John there, Mina, and it's like, oh, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> and then hear, and then hearing them like talk in Jan speak and seeing how Jan has influenced them so much over the last ten plus years that his way of speak has gone into their lexicon, and that's just how they speak now. Mm-hmm. And then hearing them how they explain Jan speak, even though John wasn't there, it felt like he was there. And it's not like the character's dead or anything. It's just like you felt his presence and he's such a huge presence of the show that mm. you felt his energy through them. And especially through um Mickey's daughter. I'm blanking on her name. Oh, Natsume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, her, yeah. They had a connection in, in Geki Ranger. And seeing that connection like is still there. I don't know. It just—it was just such a good like tribute episode. I loved it. I love how they brought the air, like the animal spirits part back. That's the thing. The only thing that that would have made it better is if one of them transformed. Like that's the only thing. What I really want to know is like what led the what led the team to do a Geki Ranger tribute in the middle of Kira Major. That's what I want to. Well, know. I think because we knew from the from the outset, like when we saw like the first episode or two when senna was in her track clothing they decided to make that little connective tissue of you know what why don't we have her track gear be sponsored by scratch and right. that'd be a carryover and then like i remember you know when just talking amongst ourselves we were talking about did you see it did you see the scratch logo we were just happy to get that yeah and then I get my, if I had to take a stab in the dark, I would say they saw enough people chattering about Geki Ranger just based off leaving the logo in where it made sense to put it. And then they were like, well, who can we get back? Who's free? And then we got this episode that got people talking about Geki Ranger again, which is perfectly fine for me. Anytime any of them come back, I am there 100%. I'm going to be honest, I totally didn't even realize until just until you just said it that the logo was right there the whole time. How yeah. did I never see that? Well, if you don't know the show, then you're not going to know. But yeah. I do know the show. I, I I know all the Sentai logos by now. I watched Gokaiger. They had the logo in like every Gokaiger. Okay, change. look. Look, 
watching Gokaiger and seeing it pop up a couple of times is different than watching a whole show where the whole institution of that show is based around Scratch. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to catch it as 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 quick. You're not. I don't know. I feel like you're not going to probably catch it as quickly. I mean, that does make sense. At the same time, I also feel like it just kind of blended in really well with the costume. Like, that was a really subtle nod. Like, kudos to you guys for catching that. <laughs> but like you just said, it's right there. If you know, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, we see it and we're like... <laughs> like, the theme song starts playing. We're there. Yeah, it's just in our heads. Yeah. It lives rent-free in my head. Yeah, I was just I was gonna say like maybe the director or writer world on it like worked on Gekki Ranger and all I can find so far is that the writer did like thirteen episodes of Gekki Ranger, but he's done a lot of other shows too, so not, mm. maybe the producer? Maybe someone's just a really big fan of Gekki Ranger. It it could be a simple It could as have that. been just like oh yeah, it could have been like, you know, one of our characters is a track star. Oh, why don't we just put you know the scratch logo on it? Since they their their whole front as a company was sports gear. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that that's that was the front of Scratch was that they they do sports gear, but behind the scenes they provide the tech for the Kegi Rangers. I see. Yeah, they're just a sports retail company. I think they even mentioned that like, like, like carrot was like the successor of um scratch really like in that episode like oh P- mr ppap was like oh yeah you can say that like scratch is technically our predecessor oh yeah they were trying well, to make that connection as far as as far as support companies go yeah but i don't think he meant that literally I think it was just like a way to connect, like I see. in a conversation kind of thing. I see. It's like, it's like they existed before Carrot. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. But I mean, you want to feel really old? It's like, oh my god, that was fourteen years ago. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't start with Geki Ranger, so like. But then now realizing that Shinkinger is like over 10 years old now that makes me feel old because that's technically my <sighs> first one. Oh, they're old i only have one other note that i wrote down before we started um the the fact that in the early episodes smog they the team steals uh a smog steamer what was it what was the japanese name again charlie smog jokey smog jokey the, the, they take Smog Jokey from Garza, like, every episode for, like, five episodes, and then until he's finally like, okay, enough. You're not taking yeah. the train. I and then eventually that. he flips the script and steals uh, uh, sh- the shark one from them. Yeah. yeah. He, he's just like, oh, yeah? You want to force a combination? I'll force a combination on you. Yeah, how do you like it? How do you like it? <laughs> That's the, that was the thing that made me really like uh, Juru as a character was that his creative mind allowed him to think outside the box and then you just end up with scenarios where it's like, yeah, why can't we just steal the other guy's man? <laughs> yeah. Like, what what says we can't do that? And then he does it and it works. It's it's funny. 
I think that's a good seg into uh, segue into talking about Judo's relationship with Garza. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like that whole ending uh, towards the ending when uh, he becomes Lord Garza and everybody's just freaked out, but Judo's the only one. They're like, "Dude, that's a badass design! What the <laughs> hell, man?" <laughs> well, I mean, let's be I'm real here. Fight you? If any, let's be real here. If any of us were actually in a Toku show as ourselves and we weren't bound by a script or anything, we would be like that. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you a question. Did anybody else get this kind of feeling like when when uh, they were at the carrot base and we, they sh- they showed it on the screen, they showed that that form of Garza, uh, Garza and then everybody's freaked out about it. And then he kind of smiles a bit and he's holding back his smile. And I think Murio is the one who sees it and kind of looks at him kind of suspiciously. Am I the only one who thought that there was some something ominous or mischief, like something going on that? I was expecting that was going to be a way for, like, I think Juru to kind of connect with Garza, but then Garza was going to kind of conform Juru to the bad side kind of thing. I think it was a, a fake out because you, the way Juru delivers his lines there, like he's up on the roof after he sees the form and he's kind of delaying what he's saying, it makes it sound like he's going to be like, so, so powerful, how do we stop that? But he goes into so, so cool! Like, for a split second, you think he's gonna fall into that trope, and then he doesn't. He stays the same guy we've we've come to know, and he's just, like, really impressed with the design. Well, yeah, I, I think what I, what I was thinking was that, like, because, I mean, we... You were expecting Dark Hirame Red. Pretty much, because he... He was very like amazed by it and inspired by it, but we're also it was also around the same time where he was having that dream, and he thought it was Oradin as a kid, but it turned out to be Garza as a kid. Well, you don't yeah. find that out until like right before he confronts right. Garza. Really, what I took from that was the thing I said earlier about how I thought Garza's armor would become some kind become some kind of power up for Judo. Mm-hmm. That's what that was leading me to to think. I didn't think either of those things personally. I thought, um, I, I mean, I just, I, I thought, I took it at face value. Uh, Judah was like, oh man, that's so cool. And I was like, you know, that is something Judah would say, isn't it? No, I mean, I get it. it. Well, once he said that, I got it. It was before when he was hiding his uh, excitement. About oh, no, no. I read that scene as like smiling when you're not supposed to. Like, oh, you've just been told a relative died and you smile. Man, I- I must have been in a different headspace. I thought there was like, I thought it was it was a, a what do you call it, appreciation of it. But I thought somehow it was gonna lead to him turning in a weird way. You thought it was gonna be more sinister. A bit, yeah, that's the word. I thought it was gonna be more sinister. I didn't read that. I read it that way at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I got it from. It was just I think the way that it was shot and how like. How Murio looks at him makes it feel like it's like because Murio kind of looks at him like, "What? Why are you smiling? What's going on here?" And everybody else is very serious. So I thought, I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I've noticed about the way that I watch shows is, or at the very least, Tokusatsu shows, um, or at the very, very least, Sentai shows like Kira Major. Um, I'm not really trying to think too far ahead. I'm like getting, I'm basically taking it at face value. Like I was just uh, reflecting 
earlier today on my first experience with Gokaiger and how, you know, I've told the story over and over about how surprised I was to see the Gokai changes because I had never seen anything like it before and I didn't know what to expect it. And in hindsight, thinking about how that first episode sets itself up where it, you see the Ranger Keys form from their powers in the beginning and then you see the chest that has the Ranger Keys in it, you see them transform with Gokaiger Ranger Keys, I should have seen that coming. But I still didn't, because I didn't really think about it. I, some of the stuff in, in Kira Major, the way you're reading into it, it kind of feels like maybe I just didn't think about it. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like it's not like I'm constantly thinking like, oh, what is this supposed to mean? What, what is that message supposed to mean? What is that, what is that little thing? Like, it was just, it just happened to be the way that they filmed it. It's entirely understandable how you got that read. Because it's all yeah. in, the, in the facial reaction. Yeah, it's the facial reactions, how it's edited together. It just something about it just kind of made my mind kind of flip. Like, oh, is that where they're going with this? And then when it doesn't, it makes like I, sense. Yeah, I totally get how you got there. In yeah. hindsight, I see it. Um, I, I guess I just was very attuned to Judo being Judo at that point. I mean, of course, Judo is Judo. I, I don't. I I think he's one of the most innocent Rangers I've ever seen. But it's just, it just, yeah, the way that that thing was put together, it just immediately was like, huh. Would they go there? Kind of a thing. Interesting. Well, it, it's kind of the weird things of like the show was very interesting in where it would and wouldn't go. Like, I can totally get how with the manga artist episode, yeah, absolutely. I can see the way they went with the filming of certain shots. You'd you'd feel kind of weird about the manga artist at the end, but they didn't go there. They flipped the script on it. But then a couple episodes earlier, we get just a full-on straight-up episode of Drunk Mabushina. And it's like, well, y'all didn't hold back here. Oh, we didn't mention the drunk episode. <laughs> oh, we need to. We need to talk about it. We need to dwell on that for a second. <laughs> that was a weird I'm, episode. I'll just say this. When I was a lot younger, I had some friends who were younger than me that swore up and down that they could get drunk off tea. What? <laughs> this is a very long time ago. <laughs> and I remember them playing into it and acting like that was a thing. And I'm like, you guys are terrible at this. Why are you why are you saying that you can actually get drunk off tea and now I watch this in a in a kids show and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that seems like somebody a, something a young person would try to claim. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but listen listen i expected none of the things that came out of that episode none Mama of it is a mean drunk she is and listen the fact that they that they went full on did a parody specifically of the hangover in a sentai show blows my mind <laughs> like how long has it been since the hangover came out and it's a hollywood movie that's true. And it's a rated R movie. <laughs> the only thing that was missing is that Mabushina notices she got a, a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did I did like the the uh how she like it was an accident, like you know, someone gave her tea and it's like and then that happens. What are you doing? Don't give a crystallian tea. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then Takamichi's the one who, ex who explains it all. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It, it was it was a fun episode. It was weird. I didn't think that would happen, but it was fun. 
It's like, man, that was just Japanese tea. Keep her away from Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I say as I drink my Arizona. No one hand her the twisted tea. Oh, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> she died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, honestly, that, that episode reminds me just the, the bond between Takamichi and Mabushina was actually really well done. That's probably the best part of Takamichi's character. Um, and I just wanted to briefly mention that. After that episode, I was kind of just like, she really shouldn't go near Uncle Iroh from Avatar. <laughs> that would be a really bad It's going like, to be a bad outcome. time. Uh, <laughs> well, I think in all the episodes where they've simplified uh, Takamichi's character down to uh, worrying older brother, I think it worked a lot better showing how much he cared for his sister in the silly episode than it was all the serious episodes combined. For mm. sure, I agree. At least, at least for my money, for my watch. No, I agree, actually. Because, like, in, like, the silly, like, drunk episode, he actually shows that he, like, cares about Mabushina and how like he like wants to help her get like you know and then the other episodes I just like he was kind of a douche I will say the only redeeming quality for me of Takemichi is his relation his his relationship with Mabushina and how he wants to protect her but that again that only brings him up to tolerant like I could tolerate him, but he's not really great. But well, yeah, he's not like amazing. No, nah, he's not amazing. Uh, Kira amazing. Kira amazing. <laughs> he's not Kira amazing. Way to way to tie it together. Yeah, but um, I guess speaking of that, like, what do we think of Mabushina as a character? Uh, the Shadow episode. That the, that is my opinion of Mabushina is the Shadow so episode, where um, where she think where she's being targeted. And being used oh, the sniper to episode? yeah the sniper episode where where she's being tar targeted and used to target the Kira majors, that was a good episode for her because she's just like what do I do? I, I, you guys are trying to protect I me. I don't. I like feel that. like because because I always like thinking in these terms, but I feel like if Kira major was ever adapted into a Power Ranger series, they would benefit more from changing Mabushina from a mask character to a face character because i feel like oh, yeah. a lot of her emotion just didn't come through with that flat face and the only time i felt like i did get something was from the drunk episode where they actually could show some different expression on there yeah she yeah. would have benefited from being a face character i agree i i thought it was interesting when i found i found out recently uh when i was just looking it up um, I didn't realize uh, she was I, who her voice actress was. It's the same voice actress who plays Rem in ReZero, and I just watched that recently. I think she she, oh, okay. she does a pretty good job. Um, I mean, I mean, ReZero is a is an anime where they literally have an episode that is twenty minutes of just two characters talking. One of them is Rem, and it's somehow one of the most emotional episodes of the whole show. I mean, um, that makes sense, and so. She's got a great voice actress, and she does a great job in this show. I think. I, I hate to be the one to disagree, but I just I something about Mabushi. I didn't like her too much. Like I'm, she's not again not a bad character necessarily. I just didn't. I, I kind of felt the same way. Like I could take her or leave her. 
Yeah, I don't really care about her that much. I was like, yeah, you're here. That's it. You and I think part anything. of it, too, was retroactively compared to, like, say, Ryu Soldier, I was starting to really like Wii, and then we didn't get a lot of Wii, and I kind of wish we had more of that kind of a character. Yeah, I just felt like Mabushino was just too much of the sort of damsel in distress type of character. Oh yeah, like yeah, she was just sure. she was just always in danger. Like that's why that's the part I didn't like about the sniper episode was that she was always in danger, and it it was it was all about protecting her, and she didn't have any real moment until she did the whole shining thing. But like, I don't know, she just she was just kind of there to protect. Like she she didn't really have too much of a role after she got all of the the stones together it's it's more that she's less of a character and more of a plot device pretty much over the course of the whole show and also i'm sorry but when you say about the voice actors i just her voice was just grating to me a lot of the time i just i didn't like her voice it was just so high-pitched and well i mean that's gonna happen when most of your lines are oh no or save me or nichan pretty much like it just it's welcome it was kind of disappointing I just wish that she was like more proactive and more just. I wish she did more. Yeah, she didn't do anything in the show. It would be it would be better if she did more things. Um, I'm I'm trying to like find specifically the words to describe how I like because I I did come out of it being attached to Mabush- Mabushina, um, not as much as the Kira majors, mind you, but like. I, I, I was, you know, it's this th- sort of thing where, like, I was so happy for her to becoming the queen of Crystallia and restoring it. And, like, all a lot of her personal struggles being resolved in the end, I just... It, it... I, I think a lot of it for me is, like, I, I try to talk a lot about certain characters in any given series being given agency over right. their situation. And it feels like saying from the first couple of episodes oh well she's eventually going to need to become the leader of crystallia once we get it fixed that weight that you say you're putting on it in the first couple of episodes when you're setting up the plot gets taken away when we realize oh her mom and dad are actually fine they're just a crown and a bird but they're (sighs) still here yeah like like it's the whole thing of taking away death as a consequence like thinking they were dead put some weight on her character or that she didn't have a brother put some weight on her character but her family is fine she still has her family at the same time i feel like there's an impact made when the premise involves characters who are dead and then it's revealed wait they're actually in they're, they they can come back in this way or or something like that like like the king the the way i worded that is not very good but think about it like this when the way I experienced the reveal that the king would come back, I found that shocking because he was like he was just talking to Judu in dreams, uh, like his spirit was still around, and I thought that was going to be it for him for the whole show. And so the review when they finally did bring him back as a machine, or as as a Kirame stone, I guess you would say. Um, I found that surprising. I wasn't that, like, I get that that's where they went with it, and I accept it, 
but I kind of took it as being cheap because now it's like she's been stressing out about losing her family and now she can talk to her dad whenever she wants. Like, there's no mom, problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. The king is fine. <laughs> and also, like, if if they... Let's say that, you know, for some reason, you know, the his the king didn't come back. The, her mother wasn't, you know, put into a Scarlet Witch headdress. Her brother wasn't there. Like, she didn't really grow. Like, nothing... Like, she stayed the same character throughout. She didn't really... Mm-hmm. She didn't really get stronger like mentally or whatever like i mean like you know you know what i mean like she, she was... didn't get growth or depth right so then by the time she becomes like oh you're the queen it's like can she be the queen like she's like okay you're the queen whatever when's she's not, much, starting? she's not much of a leader <laughs> and like she's gonna have to rely on takamichi a lot which is what i don't i, I just i want her to be her own character and she never was Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like, by the end of it, I was more endeared to Crunchula and Garza than I was <laughs> Mabushina. Yeah! Yeah. Hell, I was more endeared to Yodona, thinking, oh, maybe they'll keep her alive, and then she can actually get with Tametomo at the end. I mean, Yodona became, just kind of became another, like, uh, Yoko from Gaim kind of thing. Where she kind well, of sacrificed yeah. herself for the bad guy. <laughs> Which, like you see, it happens. They do it a lot. Ugh. I was really sad they didn't bring Yodona back because she had so much potential to like she be did. like a neutral character and like a love interest for Tatitobo. Because I feel like they would have been cute together, and then she just kind of died, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, 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 I never, I never would have shipped her with Tametomo at all. Um, regardless of the Tomitomo Santa ship that I swear by. Uh... Look, t- Tomitomo probably would have tried to make it work, but then as soon as she picked up Tekken and then she ends up beating him, she'd be like, get on my level scrub. <laughs> yeah. That's, I would have been cool with that. I don't know where you got that from because I, I never got that vibe. I all. really got that vibe early on. Like I, that was a, that was an intense vibe that those two had in my opinion, and I will swear by that. I will die on this hill. <laughs> I mean, you, you can go ahead and die on that hill. I'm yeah, just we're, we're going to be over here. Yeah, we're going to be over here. <laughs> we're gonna be over you here. can stay on that hill in Crystallia. We're going to be over here <laughs> in the, the pineapple building. Yeah, I always thought of them as friends or even like, you know, like a brother-sister playfulness kind of thing. No, exactly. That's what I was saying with like the whole Chiaki Kotoha thing. Like, they were yeah. a couple. They were just really close friends. Mm-hmm. platonic friends well you, you guys say that i never got the uh the shiguru uh sayo ship the shiguru sayo they, they totally show that i mean eh. they showed it but i never bought it <laughs> like i didn't buy it either like the only indication that i got was like that whole cat thing where but, yeah not, well, agreed. Like, cat episode, that and then whenever the... and then when sayo went on that date with that other loser yeah and then like Shigeru got all like upset because he was like, "Oh my god, like, is he gonna steal her forever from me? I mean, us." Did yeah. did he <laughs> do that? I just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he totally said that. I don't remember that. I'm gonna have to rewatch that scene. Um... No, it was so iconic. I was like, "I love you, Shigeru. I will love you." Among like amongst the team themselves, I didn't get any of that, and I was glad that I didn't get any of that. I didn't really want any 
pairing offs in this show. I just really the the only one you can kind of support is uh, if anything is Judo and his classmate who finally started you know well, respecting yeah. his yeah. way of thinking <laughs> and actually bothered protecting his identity. She was funny. I liked her. Okay, okay, but but ships aside, ships aside, back to Yodona. Um, I did want to see her live longer. Like I was hoping she would make it out of that, just because she's Me a too. really interesting character, and they could have done more with her. Um, but I feel like the biggest disappointment for when it comes to Yodona is just that they didn't develop her to get to where they wanted her to end enough like, like they didn't spread that out enough they like one as soon as they revealed that she was part of the emperor they should have immediately started to give her more character focus but they focused so hard on Kranchula and it was a bit uneven in that way I, I think what it would have what would have benefited from that is uh not so much give her focus but specifically have her questioning why am I a part of the emperor like have her try to develop some sort of uh, sense of self. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's like, why... Well, I mean, I understood in the end why he didn't do this, but I was wondering why uh, the Emperor didn't just, like, eject Yodona the way he ejected right? uh, Garza. And I know it's because that she was actually part of him, and he, like, manifested it so that he could uh, compartmentalize because he kind of explained that. He, he didn't explain it like that, but he did say, you are the part of me that is weak or something. Uh, and so, or you are my weakness or something like something like that. Well, because I think it would have been a really easy t uh, thing to do as far as writing goes is to eject her as the emperor. You eject her and be like, well, I'm strong enough without you. I don't need anybody. And then you have Yod Yodona go over to the Kira majors like, hey, if he doesn't need you, we need you. You know, you can be one of us. It's cool to have people around you. Like, that seems like a very Sentai kind of story they could tell. It does. It it also feels like a situation where they would have totally made the offer. And Yodona is the kind of character who would not have accepted that offer. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That, I could see yeah, that I could too. See, I could see him being, her being like a... Uh juggler from like Jeed or or or, uh, or Z where he's like he's still helping the good guys but he's not with the good guys it's like any of my enemy being a wild card yeah that kind of thing I'm, I'm currently working on writing up my thoughts on Z I, I have most of it written out already I'm just like editing a lot but like you'll you'll see soon how I feel about juggler uh, at least without the context of orb um, well, I feel like that's <laughs> that's a big thing to have to talk yeah, about juggler. Yeah, you kind of you kind of need to Prob have. probably you'll see how it colored my opinion of him. But regardless of that, I do like wh which one of you mentioned the idea of Yodona as a neutral party first. Some someone said it, and I think that it was me. now that I've yeah you now that I've gone through the the motions of thinking about it, you were totally on point there. Yeah, because in the end, she realizes she was like, "What did I mean to you?" And then she dies, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, like, if she could have had those thoughts a little sooner. Yeah. I I mean, in the end, I think I think she died while thinking, oh, I, so I was of use to you, right? Some, something like that. Yeah. No, it was more like she finally got that she was betrayed, uh, but was kind of lying to herself well, that it was she both. was of use. Like, she, I think she said she was like, oh, was I, like, 
she was like oh do you um was i really like, in your way like kind a of time thing? for me to laugh or like be like smile and then yodon's like oh well you're like well i wait, i actually forgot what no he said it, it was it was the reverse it was it was yeah the, was, emperor the emperor the said saying, that yeah now you should laugh wasn't and, oh, yeah, and, and she, she was, was like crying like, i can't she was like i can't i'm sorry i'm like trying to force myself to but i can't and then she dies yeah she died sad yeah oh. she, she died really she, sad she died twice right did i get that wrong sorry yeah that's what happened well yeah. yeah yeah they they did kind of like like he he destroyed her quote unquote and then she like reformed and they talked and then she did yeah the whole anime. and then she completely went away again yeah, she, she did the to anime sparkly dip disappearance thing yeah, I don't understand. Well, I mean, why. she's returning in Kira Major versus Ryu Soldier. So Excuse me, what? They... So they like, cause like at the end of the pre, like the trailer, you see her like whipping a monster. Oh come. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. Did no one notice? It's okay. I didn't watch the trailer. It was everywhere. <laughs> I just, I just didn't see it. I don't know. I didn't, it didn't pop up on my newsfeed or anything. And you said you prepared for this podcast. Oh, How dare you? Wow. <laughs> Get on what? our level, Brody. Anyway, the idea that she's gonna be back in the crossover. I mean, I, I like that she's going to that that, that that wasn't the end of her, but also the fact that it was supposed to be the end of her is a little frustrating. I mean, they'll find some BS reason where they like. Really, her coming back just speaks to the popularity of the character. I guess so. I mean, they did that with a lot of, like, Sentai villains as well. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I know. Death means in, nothing like, in Sentai. So it's not just her. I mean, how many times has that, like, dude from Goanger come back? I forget what it is. Yogo like... Stein or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I feel like he's come back a lot. I, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Um, but all, But also, yeah, I mean... I do like Yodona very much. They announced a figure of her, and I kind of want it. They haven't made those Super Sentai heroine figures in a while, so the fact that they even bothered breaking out that style of figure for her means she must be very popular. If she could, if they could do that for Senna and Sayo too, I would buy up all three, and that would be a really nice display. I just want all of them in general. Like I want all the care majors, except for Takamichi. I'm probably gonna skip. Oh my him. god. Oh my god, I just had this thought, like, I'm getting ahead of myself because I know Zenkaiger's already started. They, Senna, Sayo, and now Yodona, if Zenkaiger wanted to, they could be the new G3 princesses. Oh my god. No. Oh my gosh. That would be great. (laughs) That would be terrible. (laughs) I've just set the bar way too high for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I never, I I never, actually I never finished Goandra, but. I really? G three is iconic. I hated that show. <laughs> oh, I I liked Goonger. I liked it. it yeah. It, I was very confused when I was rewatching Gokaiger and they showed up in the Ghost movie as part of a Go Ranger finisher. I didn't think that was them. I thought those were like actors that try to look similar to. No, them. that but was. But then them. I realized that was actually them, and they just looked really different because it's been a few years. Yeah, I I remember pausing it at that point, or like I had to like rewind it, rewatch it, and then rewind again to pause it, just to be like, that's that's G three princess, isn't it? <laughs> um, 
I guess uh, to wrap to start to wrap things up, is there anything else that anybody wanted to mention about the show? They should have made that Shigeru body pillow. I'm still waiting <laughs> for it, Premium Bandai. If you're out there, make it now. Listen, <laughs> I'm li- no, impatient. Charlie. Charlie, you, this is a slippery slope. You don't want to go down. We had this conversation back when Build was airing because of the... the, 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 the oh, the Miton. Yes. Okay, anyway. no one cares about Miton. I care about Shigeru, okay? <laughs> okay. Anyway... I will say I do want that uh, the changer. Oh yeah, same. Point. And I and I also I saw uh, George. He 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 bought in Japan. He bought the uh, the Judo sketchbooks. Oh really? I think, I th- oh, I think he bought one, or he showed it to me, or he showed me a picture of it. I I think he said he was gonna buy one if he didn't already. And I was like, man, I kind of want that, even though it's like it's like twenty or thirty pages. Not a, it's not a thick book or anything like that. But I still kind of want one of those sketchbooks yeah they have like gurus like illustrations in them yeah oh, that's that's cute um i mean i just would be before we wrap up i i don't really have any extra things that i want to bring up i don't think uh because we kind of got around to everything as we meandered through this topic yeah but i i we there were a lot of parts that we were really hard on the show about and i just want to remind our listeners that I really, really loved this show. I had so much fun watching it every week. Uh, or, well, I guess I didn't keep up with it week to week necessarily. But when I was watching it, I had a lot of fun. I thought the characters absolutely shined. Uh, there were some who could have used a little more polish, so to speak. Uh, but <laughs> overall... I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I was pretty pretty satisfied with Kira Major as a whole. I felt like it had a lot more. Um, it 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 was more flavorful to me, so to speak, compared to Ryu Soldier last year. Um, Ryu Soldier, I enjoyed. I felt like it missed the it, it missed the mark in a lot of ways, and I feel like Kira Major was kind of a breath of fresh air in that it wasn't trying to be different. It was just going really hard in the direction of being a really good typical Sentai show. And I think that it served it really well. I think Kira Major was just so refreshing after, like... Because, like, I personally was not at all a fan of, like, most things post-Gokaiger, with the exception of maybe, like, Q-Ranger, which I, like, absolutely love. But Kira Major was just so refreshing to see, like, exactly what Brody said. Like, it wasn't trying to, like, do something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. It was just a nice breath of, like, it was, like, a combination of, like, nostalgia and, like, bringing in what's, like, current and just making it into like a really good Sentai season. And I really appreciated that. And that was also kind of the main reason why I enjoyed watching each episode weekly as opposed to like, you know, <laughs> like recent past ones. What yeah. you were what you were saying about um, about bringing bringing some things into the modern day. Are you trying to say that it's kind of like a, a 2000, like a, maybe a late 2000s era Sentai show brought 
here, brought into the modern day and done re- just really solidly. Oh, no, I was kind of just talking about, like, how each monster of the week was basically a homage to, like, all the masks in, like, Gorenja. Oh. Yeah. And oh. then how they brought Geki Ranger in, which is a very popular past Sentai from, like, 2000, whenever it was. Oh, I see. I think, like, seven. seven? The, the, yeah, the seven. little The little nods you're talking about. I get you. Yeah, um, it was just so nice to have that rather than like oh let's do dinosaur nights and then it failing like really badly yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i i the monsters of the week i did appreciate how uh retro they they looked that was that was a very showa way of doing monsters and it was i i was a little worried about it at first but they really did it well they were also not like just regular monsters. They were really sassy and sarcastic. <laughs> and they were, they like felt like a fun monster rather than just like what we had in past years where they like all they are, are trying to be like scary, but they actually just like really, they just look like really lame and like dull. So like it gives the monster of the week flavor. And I really enjoyed that. Did you hear about I when when it was revealed that Rugby Jamin was going to be in the Kira Major movie? And it was and it was like, yeah, no, he was way more popular than we thought he was gonna be, so we put him in the movie. Oh he was funny. I liked him. I think overall with the show, um I, I agree with all of those things. Like it didn't try to reinvent Super Sentai or anything. It's on a lot of in a lot of ways when you compare it to other seasons it's pretty average but i think with the creation of judu as a red and really the way through his character and even with some of the monsters in certain episodes the thing it tries to say when it does try to say something about creativity and how even the monsters get frustrated when they can't just do something i i feel like that was a small attempt at commentary on so much of Japanese culture where it's about, you know, just produce, just put out numbers, just do the same thing over and over. And especially, you know, watching during lockdown where a lot of people who feel like they can't create stuff have a hard time creating to see a character who embraces so much of their creativity and uses it as their strength was really nice to see and really refreshing. So I think specifically for Judu's characterization and the way he affects all the other people around him, including the enemies, that is why I would recommend the show to people. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I think, I think overall it's a, it's a pretty solid show. Um, it definitely turned around for me. I think that it, it definitely had things that it could have done to be better. Like it could have, if a lot of the ideas that it, it presented and resolved at the end, if they had, brought them in halfway through the show. I think that would have benefited a lot. Um, Agreed. But yeah. I mm-hmm. think I think what the strength of the show is its characters and specifically the team itself. Like that is a very strong cast and a very strong team. And like, yeah, like Josh said, like Judah is a very inspirational type of character. Um, yes, he's just, yes. he's someone that just everybody like, any, I mean, people, everybody's going to like Judah. I, I just feel like he's just such a lovable character. And the team supports that. They're all uh, fun to watch in their own ways. 
and I feel like that's the strength of the show, which is something that we don't we don't always get. Uh, so having a show like this at a time like this, I feel like it was it was uh, very fortunate that we got a show like this. Uh, but overall, as much as we had issues with it, I I agree. I I ended up enjoying the show quite a bit, and it is definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, it's a show that I haven't liked similarly since Q Ranger. Like Q Ranger was the last show that I like absolutely. Yeah, loved. me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this show, this show kind of gives me Tokyo vibes a little bit. I yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I because I was thinking like Juru has the whole imagination thing going, and it's very similar to uh, the the whole Tokyo theme of imagination. But they yeah. did it. In, I feel like they did it in a different way here, where they ex- they really explored it as like an artist, which is well, yeah. It's the difference between exploring just pure childish imagination yeah. versus creativity. Yeah. 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 Which I think is more what they mean when they say imagination here, or really inspiration, the uh, the spark that makes you want to create something. Right. From an artist's perspective versus a kid's perspective. The spark. Right. The spark. I see what you did there. But they, I mean, they they do they both do they're both sort of saying the same thing, but through different perspectives. One is through a kid's perspective. Yeah. One is through an aspiring artist's perspective, and they both do it very well. Um, I, admittedly, I, I connect more with Judah's way of thinking, so I think that that's a more impactful way to present inspiration and creativity. And the fact that this show embraces that so much makes like it's it it I don't know how to explain it, but it's just it puts a lot of points in its favor for this yeah. show. There's there's that 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 episode early on where everyone is trying to help train Judo because he's not as good as at them at certain things. Yeah, and it, there's a line in the episode where he's pointing out, you know, us creatives, we only have so much energy. We got to strike while the inspiration hits. Yep, that's true. <laughs> it, and it, I feel uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I feel that. Well, they, they kind of say the same thing at the end of the manga artist episode that maybe it's not such a bad thing that you don't necessarily need to change. You just need to get good at what you know you're good at. Right. And then somebody, you know, eventually you'll meet people who understand and respect that. Yeah. I feel that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that's basically our review of uh, Kira Major. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, come back next month. Maybe we'll have another episode of the Tokenet podcast. Until uh, next time, see ya. Night, everybody. See you. Bye. The Tokenet podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thetokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Network.com.